Hello, welcome to the Patient Activation Network podcast. I'm your host, Matt Cavallo. I have with me today, Karen Daly. Karen is an advocate for needle safety. Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt, glad to be here. Before we get going, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you became an advocate for needle safety? Sure, so I've been a nurse for over 40 years. Uh, My work actually was here in Boston at uh, Brigham and Women's. And after about 26 years in clinical practice, I sustained a needle stick injury while working in the emergency department at my facility and learned about five months later that needle stick had resulted in my infection with HIV and hepatitis C. Wow, I I can't imagine how that happened. Did you have any signs or symptoms five months later that I just don't feel right. Mm-hmm. Was there an injection site? What, what was going so on? So I was one of the fortunate ones because it's not easy always to diagnose these viruses after they occur. Vague symptoms occur, but often people don't pay much attention to them. In my case, I did have uh, probably within a matter of weeks, I started to have some abdominal pain that would come and go, a little nausea, a lot of fatigue actually had weight loss that I went to see my primary care physician at the Brigham for, and she, after doing lots of blood tests, was unable to pinpoint the cause, but what I hadn't told her was that I had sustained a needle stick injury several months prior. Now, as you're not feeling well, did you start to think, like, back to that needle stick, or was it something that didn't occur to you? So I can tell you that most nurses and physicians and others who handle sharps in healthcare, at least at that point in time in healthcare, thought often of things like back injuries and needle stick injuries, kind of the price of doing the work. We didn't really think much of it. It just happened. And in fact, in my case, that was probably the fifth or sixth time I'd been stuck. What was fortunate for me when my injury occurred was that there was the nurse... Another nurse was in the the patient care area and saw my injury occur, and she very gently encouraged me to sign in because my first inclination was not to want to sign in and go through all the follow-up care and possibly be prescribed drugs that can be pretty toxic after these injuries. So five months later, you had signed in. Was there something that led your primary care to, to connect the dots, or how did you end up connecting the dots that it was that needle stick injury that was causing these symptoms? So because I reported the initial stick, I had some baseline, some blood work done at that time, which were all negative for any kind of infection. That's normal kind of process. At that five-month follow-up, which was in the occupational health clinic, it actually wasn't. It was on my way to see the primary care provider. I stopped at the clinic to see if they would do my follow-up lab work early. And they agreed to do that. And it was a matter of two weeks later that I was diagnosed with both viruses. I can't imagine what the shock of being diagnosed with those viruses must have felt like. You know, it's one of those moments that you never forget when you get that kind of information. And I have to say, you know, I had been a nurse, as I said, in the ED for over almost 26 years. Um, Was really good at what I did and loved what I did. And never in a million years would I have thought that would be the end of my clinical career. It wasn't the end of my nursing career, but it was the end of directly caring for patients. And um, it was actually one of the first realizations I had as I 
left the occupational health clinic and stood at the elevator to leave the hospital was that I was never going back to the emergency department again. Many of those people I'd worked with for 13, 15, 16 years. So it was a, a huge loss for me. One of many, actually. So not only was the, the diagnosis really difficult, but the fallout, not being able to practice medicine and, and do the job that you love for so long, I just can't imagine you know, the things you were going through. What did you decide to do next? So I was fortunate that I had some work that I was doing along uh, as a nurse leader within the state. And subsequent to that, went back for my doctorate and became involved with a national organization called the American Nurses Association. Um, in 2010, I was elected as president of that organization, which actually represents the voice of every registered nurse in this country. Wow. Um, so it, it was, you know, I spent four years in that role. The leadership opportunities for me, as well as the opportunity to continue to advocate for safer devices, um, in the immediate af aftermath of the diagnoses, I became involved directly in helping to fashion and advocate for reform at the federal level. And within that year, we had a new law passed both in Massachusetts and in Congress to enable workers who handled sharps to be um, safer when they did that. And I want to get into the handling of sharps and stuff here in a second, but I want to I want to circle back to the um, patient experience for HIV and Hep C. These are two devastating diagnoses, and for our audience listening at home that may be experiencing um, one or the other diagnoses, is there any advice that that you could give maybe these newly diagnosed patients that? that could help start them on their journey? So I think the first thing is, is really to do everything possible to care for yourself. For me, that meant getting a specialist to provide the care I needed to address two viruses, not just one. And at the time of my diagnosis, people were dying from this. So it wasn't a guarantee that I would survive it. Um, but I think really shifting the focus and particularly as a nurse, where I had been a caregiver for my entire professional career, for me to shift the focus to myself and really put that energy into what I hoped would be recovery and healing after these diagnoses, um, that was a huge shift for me. I, I can tell you that it wasn't an easy transition to become a patient. Um, I experienced, just like any patient with that, type of diagnosis, fear and anxiety and all that uncertainty in terms of what, what the future kind of might be or might not be. And so I understand what people go through when they hear the news um, similar to mine. Um, but I do believe, particularly now we're almost 19 years later at this point, we have so many more opportunities, not, not just to care, um, the, the drugs for HIV, for example, many, many more options that are much less toxic to people. So I would say to anyone with that kind of devastating news, take care of yourself, do what you need to do to get proper medical care. Certainly exposures that, that potentially could provide 
that risk, make sure that you report them in the workplace. Um, it, it's not uncommon to still see as many as 50% of these injuries go unreported despite the risk. So, it, It's so inspiring because here we are almost 20 years later and uh, you, know, you would think that you get a diagnosis like that and you, you might just go to the house and never come out again, mm. but you went on to become the president of the American Nurses Association and um, you're, you're not letting it stop you. So, I mean, it's just so inspiring and so great to hear. But talking about the workplace risks, uh, you know, what, what advice do you have or what, what changes have been implemented um, around sharps and safer handling? So I think the law has been helpful in terms of making sure that employers at the very least provide more safe devices. Not every device is as safe as another. We have some advances in technology in the more recent years. In particular, I've had the experience of working directly with a company called Volano Vascular who has really groundbreaking innovation. And it's why I've connected myself to that work around blood draws. That once you have an, uh, uh, most people are familiar with peripheral catheters or RIVs when they go into the hospital. No one really goes in the hospital anymore without needing one. Um, but once that IV is placed, Volano has developed a technology that allows patients potentially never to get stuck for blood draws. And we know the blood draws are the most common medical procedure, that they account for approximately 70% of the decision-making that goes on within the healthcare arena. So they're really important tools for guiding the care delivery. What's critical, though, is really being sensitive to the fact that patients, there's so much anxiety, there's so much, in, in many cases, hesitancy to seek care because people are fearful of needles. They don't, they don't want to experience the pain and the anxiety that goes with it. So here's a technology that for the first time ever, we can draw blood on you once that IV has been placed and cared for and positioned correctly. Uh, we can be in the position as caregivers never to have to stick you again for another lab sample. Wow. It's remarkable. So let's talk about that, that work that you're doing for Volano. I've been involved with Volano and I can tell you quickly, I have, throughout my advocacy on needle stick safety, have never aligned myself with any vendors or manufacturers until I was approached by the, the co-founders of this company. And they came to me with a design in its early stages of a device that potentially could totally eliminate these needle sticks once an IV was placed. As soon as I saw it, I knew it was groundbreaking and it needed to be part of the the patient experience. So I committed myself after I left ANA to do whatever I could to help help move this into the marketplace because I think it's such a game changer for patients. It, it also, you know, the other aspect of this is the stress that caregivers, no one likes to go into a patient and draw blood because they know what it means to the patients. So with this device, now for the first time, Patients don't have to associate their caregiver with pain or anxiety or stress. Well, one of the things that I certainly fear about any kind of needle stick is if they miss and have to mm -hmm. do it more than one time. Uh, you know, I think once it's in there, it's okay. But I've, you know, I know people that 
fear, that initial stick. Uh, is there any advice that, that you could give to the caregivers that, uh, you know, or are there any things that we could do as patients to maybe make it so that initial stick is easier? You know, I, I don't think that's up to the patient. I think it's up to us as a healthcare delivery system to make sure that we utilize technology like this that can ease that, that level of suffering uh, within the patient experience. People don't have to suffer from blood draws anymore once they're in a hospital with this type of innovative technology. And, and you know, the, the design is, is a very simple design, but it's been advanced to the point where you know, I've heard stories, patients don't even know the blood's being drawn. Really? You know that typical story you hear in the, in the hospital of how difficult it is to get the rest and the sleep and the healing time you need because they're in there drawing blood at 3 or 4 mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning. I've heard stories of patients sleeping through their blood draw experience with this new, new technology. You know, and the way it's designed, it literally clicks onto the end of the, the peripheral IV catheter, advance a small tube. Patients don't feel one bit of it. Really? It comes out the other end of the plastic catheter inside their vein, draws the blood, gets disconnected. Patients barely know the difference. So... What is it that's about this design that eliminates all that? You know, the design is relatively simple. Uh, I think there's been a very thoughtful process in kind of developing this technology so that it is, it's not only convenient and painless, but it's also not, doesn't create any kind of discomfort. The patient's been at the center of this technology through its entire evolution. So, in fact... The beginning of this story, uh, of the development of this technology, emerged because a patient, one of the co-founders is a physician, and his patient who had black and blues running up and down her arms after about five days in the hospital, confronted him one morning when he came in on rounds, and she said to him, you know, I have this thing in my arm, why do they keep sticking me for blood? And that was the beginning of this. That was the ultimate patient experience story Mm. where really putting that person at the center of the care can make a difference. So that innovation began in that moment. So if people want to learn more about this technology or some of the work that you're doing in needle advocacy, where, where can they go to uh, find out more about this? So Volano Vascular has a website that's accessible online, um, Volano, V-E-L-A-N-O, vascular.com. The website is, is wonderfully uh, situated and, and, and really not only talks about the, the technology itself, but also patient experiences and testimony, as well as staff testimony. Because the other part of this, which I've talked a lot about the patient experience, is the safety of the workers. And that's, that's what connected me to this work early on, is, is here we are removing a needle for the first time from the most common procedure that people experience within healthcare. Wow. And how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Yeah, well, you look great, and we're so glad to have you on the show. As we're coming to the end here, do you have any closing thoughts you want to share with the audience? I think patients have the power to change care delivery, and it's powerful when they use their voice. 
that woman that day took a chance with her primary care provider that she might make him angry or she might not necessarily get what she needed. But people do need to speak up and help us as caregivers provide the best care possible. You know, my only advice is just say what you're feeling. Trust in your caregiver that what you say will have some impact and there'll be a response on the other end. You know, certainly as a nurse, that was my work. And nurses across this country continue to do that work. Physicians do as well. And healthcare can only get better as we raise our voices. Karen, thank you so much for joining the program today. And thank you for all the work you're doing um, to advocate for more safer needle handling. We really appreciate all the work you're doing in the field. Thank you, Matt. She's Karen Daly, Sharp Safety Advocate. I'm Matt Cavallo. This has been the Patient Activation Network podcast. We look forward to bringing you another inspirational story soon.